0: Hi, I'm Sandeep Kumar and welcome to this week's episode of Mastering Your Invisalign Business. Every week I go behind the scenes with my guests, what is it is like to be a dental entrepreneur, what does it take to build a successful business, and how Invisalign that little piece of plastic has impacted their world. Let's get started. It gives me a huge pleasure to welcome Omar Chaudhry to Mastering Your Invisalign B- Business Podcast. I know Omar for a good few years now, and Omar is one of the early adapters of MySmile, I think since uh, 2016. Omar is absolutely passionate about Invisalign. He became one of the handful diamond providers in a very, very short time. Best thing about Omar is he is an associate at a beautiful practice called Fresh Smile Clinic in Huddersfield. And I had a privilege to went to see him a couple of months ago. And we're going to have a chat and Omar is going to tell you about how his journey has been so far. And I'm really looking forward to this discussion. And I think the, what I'm really looking forward to in this one is a looking through the eyes of an associate. I think so far I have interviewed quite a few principals on my podcast. And what I'm look, really looking forward to is how, how Omar has... Uh, has built his Invisalign journey as an associate. So Omar, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, thanks for the kind introduction and thanks for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you. So Omar, let's uh, let's go back to the beginning. Just take us, take us back, tell us a little bit about Omar, about your childhood and how did you get into dentistry?
1: Okay, so um, it was never um, something that was always planned that I wanted to be a dentist. Uh, growing up at school, I was um, always good at studying. Um, I was more interested in sports, um, but um, sort of getting on towards A-levels. Um, because I had good grades, it was kind of, right, okay, you need to sit down and think about where you want to sort of, you know, go to uni, what you want to do. Um, and really, it was kind of a, a sort of um, a discussion with my family, sort of uh, uh, family, friends, etc. Um, and it was kind of, well, okay, if you're going to do something at uni, do something which you can sort of, you know, definitely have a career at the end of it and we kind of narrowed it down to medicine and dentistry um, and I, I didn't know at 18 who kind of knows uh, some people might do but um, I had no idea I went and did a, a sort of a couple of uh, work experiences at a hospital at a dental practice um, I think the hospital just put me off uh, um, the, 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 the the doctor that I was shadowing um, just seemed very, very tired, overworked. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wasn't enjoying himself. Um, and in comparison, when I went to uh, a dental practice, um, the the dentist, he was he was quite laid back and he was quite friendly. He seemed to have a lot more time. Um, and I just liked the way it, it kind of worked. And I think that kind of just swung it. For, there wasn't much between it. For me, it was kind of, you know, I'm going to apply for one. Um, um, and I wasn't sort of massively passionate one way or the other. Um, and so I kind of fell into dentistry that way. Um, And actually going through dentistry, uh, it wasn't really, I wouldn't say I was passionate about it when I was at university, in fact, probably the opposite. Um, So when I got towards my final year of dentistry, um, the university that I went to was quite, it was tough. It was tough yeah. with the the way that they did the exams, the lectures uh, and the clinical time. It was a lot compared to the me- I had medic friends there, but there was just the workload was intense um, and there was a big sort of expectation. Um, and for me, it got to the point where I thought, I'm not enjoying this. And I actually took a year out and I went into doing business my family's all, all all of my family my dad my dad's brothers um kind of my cousins they're all into business we we're, we're we're sort of you know a, a family that's sort of strong in business um and so i thought well let me try my hand at business um uh, it's what i grew up around it was what I was uh, familiar with and i did so i took that year out um uh, and i went into a business venture with my brother um and it was working okay um it was uh, uh, working out well um and you could say it was a blessing in disguise because it, it was stressful. It has its own stresses, businesses. Um, and um, I, um, it was, I think, 2000, it was the crash of 2007 when the financial yeah. crash sort of happened. Um, and that affected um, uh, a lot of things and the industry that we were in as well. And there was a lot of changes in the industries that that sort of, you know, um, uh, we had started in. Um, and uh, I think that that was kind of, a sort of, uh, that crash was almost like a reality check Um, and then I thought, well, hang on, um, if this overnight can change. I've really got no advantage over the next person trying to start another business up. Um, Whereas I have got four years under my belt. and If I go and complete dentistry, I'll have something which no one can take away from me. And I've got, you know, something that's there that's secure. So I did go back to university after that year. It was a valuable year learning sort of, you know, in business. So it's nice. I went back to university, completed it, did my VT. And really, once I started working, clinically working as a dentist, once the exams were done, I kind of knew I'd made the right decision. I sort of, you know, treating patients um, uh, in, in practice, that's where I really thought, okay, yeah, I, now I enjoy this.
0: So what but, are you more passionate about? Are you more passionate about clinical dentistry or, or the business aspect of dentistry at the Clinical.
1: Definitely clinical. Definitely clinical. So I enjoy treating the patients. I enjoy sort of, you know, um, the business side is nice, you know, um, obviously, it's nice having more cases, having more volume. um, uh, um, And the bottom line is always, you know, important. um, But um, it's uh, definitely I'm I'm more of a hands on um, uh, and and like to see my patients through from start to finish. Uh, I find that satisfying.
0: You know, what I really, really liked about when I came to see you a couple of months ago, Omar, was uh, that how great the relation you have with, with Dan and Kiran and how well you guys work together. And that is a breath of fresh air. You know, it seems like those guys have given you complete freedom to do what you wanted to do. And it seems like you are enjoying yourself and your numbers speak for themselves, right? It seems like you're, you're thriving as well. So tell us about uh, your journey with the, the Fresh Smile Clinic. How did that all start? It? And what other things you had to work to build that relation, what you have done now? You're absolutely right. I'm very lucky to be in a position
1: where I've got full support. And really, they've kind of just sort of left me alone with Invisalign and said, look, okay, um, uh, you know what you're doing with it. Um, and I've kind of sort of, I feel like I've got complete freedom from so- that side of things. So, yeah, the support is incredible here from, from Dan and Kiran. Um, and where it started from really was um, after VT, my first associate job um, was, um, so going back to sort of lead me to what, what sort of brought me to Fresh Smile Clinic, uh, my first associate job was in Blackburn and it was for a, a, a very rapidly expanding mini corporate. Okay. Um, and it was kind of um, going there, first job, uh, full-time um, NHS, um, big NHS contract, a lot of UDAs, high needs area. But you know what, that's, that's, that, for me, that was perfect to just sort of gain experience and sort of, you know, do the, sort of, you know, the basics well. Um, and after about three years of doing the basics, um, uh, there was a position that opened up within the same practice um, to take on sort of uh, a plan list of private patients. Uh, As I did that, I thought, well, really, I need to upskill myself here now. So I need to kind of maybe um, sort of, you know, go on courses, which I did. And then I sort of did a a diploma in aesthetic and restorative dentistry. So I could kind of, you know, I felt sort of, you know, a a little bit more comfortable now um, um, with sort of private work. Um, And when I started doing that, that's what actually started um, with me with tinkering with the world of ortho. Because although I went down the restorative route, a lot of my cases I was thinking well okay you know maybe you can do some veneers or some crowns or some bonding here but your teeth are in the wrong position to start off with I'm never going to get a good result until they're in the right position and it was a case of well do I send this person off to an orthodontist and I can sort of, you know, refer them. And a couple I did, and just never heard from them again. And so it's a case yeah. of, you know, is the orthodontist gonna sort of, you know, know exactly what I want to do? And I thought, well, some of these cases are mild. So why don't I find out if I can start moving these teeth for my patients and then sort of, you know, give them the end result and see them through from start to finish. And I started doing a bit of fixed ortho um, and the more and more I did of it, the more I sort of realised I enjoy this this side of dentistry. But the practice that I was at, were, it was very hard to grow because it was such a big NHS and they were constantly reinvested in buying new practices. Um, the... Um, there wasn't much budget or scope to sort of grow existing. It was kind of work with what you've got and sort of, you know, uh, we're, we're going to sort of, you know, take it from there. Um, uh, and when something's growing really quickly, sometimes sort of, you know, one sort of, you know, dentist just saying, look, I think this is going to work better. is just kind of, I, I just didn't feel like I was, I was getting anywhere and I didn't feel like there was going to be any growth. So I looked around um, uh, and there was this position um, that came came up um, and it was the only one that I have that, that I applied for really and I came and saw sort of Dan and Kiran really liked the practice and they needed someone who was looking to expand their ortho so I thought this this sort of you know fits perfectly for what I'm doing. When, was, Kiran, that? One,
0: when was
1: that?
0: 2015. All right
1: okay, okay. So it's been a while so um, 2015 Kirin did some Invisalign but she wanted to focus on her implant work which yeah. is really now all she does. Yeah. Um, I thought well Ortho is something that i sort of, you know, want to expand um, and and grow myself. So it kind of worked out well for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And when I started here at Fresh Smile, it was, um, we had a small NHS contract, um, plan patients, some private patients, and really I was sort of busy full time, five days a week, taking on sort of, you know, this role um, to do all three of those things Um, and still trying to grow the ortho as well. Uh, and then in 2016, um, I got accredited with Invisalign. So I used to do six month smile before. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, I, I got accredited with Invisalign and pretty much straight away, um, uh, we had a discussion about my smile, um, and thought, well, if we're going to start it, let's start it sort of full on, um, uh, and, and, and just sort of go for it. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, and, uh, very soon we had to start making the decision that, look, I can't do this, uh, you know, with, with the patients that I've got, if we want to grow, there's no more hours in the day. Yeah. Um, so we need another dentist. So we did. We got another dentist to sort of um, take on some of the patients that I was doing. Um, and the practice has grown. It's grown sort of, you know, um, from sort of almost sort of a three surgery practice, a so sort of doubled in, in, in size, um, uh, a few more dentists on board. Um, and now all I see pretty much is Invisalign patients. So it's, it's it's sort of, I've just sort of, you know, had to sort of clear, uh, my list, as it were, and kind of hand off um, to other people so, um, just to sort of, you know, create space uh, for Invisalign, which is what I was aiming for. That's what I said sort of, you know, I remember a few years ago, I said, I'd be happy if I could just see Invisalign patients. And mm-hmm. so that was the goal is, you know, can we sort of, you know, be busy enough just to so that you can see Invisalign patients. Um, so um, yeah, that's that's where we're at now. Um, uh, but um, yeah, uh, from from the initial outset, from sort of my smile, look, do you think it can work? We had a discussion um, uh, because obviously there's there's sort of you know um, uh, money up front that you're putting, and we had no idea because Invisalign was new to us. Um, but we were like, look, let's 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 see, let's try it, let's make it work. Um, uh, and from then, uh, it w- it was a case of look, I really think a scanner would be beneficial. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, there was no need for anyone else in the practice to have a scanner. Everyone else was happy. So it was really just me, but again, they sort of, you know, listened to me and it was, it was growth targets. I remember when we brought the Invisalign scanner, it was based on growth targets. And well, so that was, like and, it. and, and it was just after the first year of Invisalign and these were sort of doubling up the cases. If you look three years ahead, it was sort of, you know, double the cases. And so I was thinking, well, okay, the first year went okay, but I don't know if that was a one-off. Is this going to continue? But then I thought, well, again, let's go for it and we'll we'll sort of, you know, we'll we'll make it work. Um, And I think sort of, you know, just... Putting that on yourself, having that target is is kind of, well, no, I have to do this because it was, you know, I, I even said sort of, you know, I said, look, if there's any clawback on this, because if you don't hit the targets, you have to pay more. I said, I'll split yeah. that. I'll split that with you. So I was—I knew that I was going to be fine. It wasn't just a case of, well, it's your scanner. You're paying for it. If it happens, yeah. it happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. So I kind of put that pressure on myself as well, that, look, yeah. I'm here with you. And, um, yeah, I mean, Dan and Kiran that look, if you think it's going to work, fine, let's do it. And we've gone from now that first scanner um, to now we've just ordered the third scanner. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, things oh, well, are good.
0: This is a bit of fresh of breath here, hearing that from an associate that you, you took... Things in your own hand. You know, I speak to Invisalign all the time and you won't believe how many people go and get certified every year, thousands. But not many people go out and do what you have done and you have become diamond in such a short time. Uh, I know you're saying that, you know, you bought an iTero scanner. That is, you know, I can I can see it and I can, I can see and I can speak to people that, tattoo has become an integral part of their uh, their invisalign business mm-hmm. what else what else Omar what was different about you what i'm trying to get to is you got to diamond as an associate there are not many out there what yeah. are the other things you did i just want to make sure that you know even i learned from you what you've done and and our listeners so talk us through how how that journey from zero to diamond has been
1: So one of the things, like I said, was you you have to make that choice of, um, okay, uh, you have to sacrifice other things. And what I mean by sacrificing other things um, is uh, if you've got a list of of patients and you're sort of full five days a week and you want to grow with Invisalign, you need that space in your diary. So. I never like being full five days a week because usually when you're full five days a week you and, and you're clinical, you don't have time to think, you don't have time to plan, you don't have time to set goals, you don't have time to check that everything's going okay, you need that time. Be able to sort of you know see, and if I'm sort of a little bit empty, then I'm going to start thinking of ideas. I'm going to start coming up to Dan, and we're going to start brainstorming what should we do on social media, how can we improve. It's nice to be busy, but I never like to be 100% because when you're at 100%, you you find it hard to grow. So, um, I think actually taking a step back and saying, okay, I you know, these checkup patients that maybe I've been seeing and they're stable and it's something that someone else can maybe do. If I want to focus on my Invisalign, giving yourself that time and maybe introducing things like free consultations and sort of, you know, um, uh, open days and using your time to try and build up some kind of... A name, a reputation, um, uh, and, and and we're not talking national here because when you start, you start locally, but I'm, I'm talking locally in your area, just between, just from your patients. Um, most of, of the patients that sort of, you know, come through that I ask them, where did you hear about us? Oh, you know, I work with someone who had Invisalign with you. Someone recommended you. Um, so word of mouth, um, it's unbeatable um, yeah. and recommendations are unbeatable. So if you treat someone right... That, that goes a long, long way. And sort of, you know, you do a few cases, you'll see in sort of a year, two years, the return on that. Um, so, number one, it's Clearing some time. So it's not just whoever walks in through your door, you know, if if they're sort of, you know, needing Invisalign. If you're serious about Invisalign, I think you've got to sort of set that as a goal and prioritise that and say, okay, fine, maybe I'm not going to sort of, you know, see some of the patients. I'm going to leave gaps in my diary so that when there's a consultation that comes in, I can get them in. I don't like to keep my patients waiting because I I know what I'm like. If I see something that I like and I start to get excited about it, if I want to buy something... If then I have to wait three weeks for it, I'm definitely going to look somewhere else. I'm like, okay, I've got this idea in my head now and I can't wait to sort of, you know, get this and I will. And even if it's slightly more expensive to me, if I get that sooner, it's worth it. So um, definitely having availability in book, whether that's with a TCO, whether it's yourself, being able to get back to patients as, as soon as possible, that definitely helps. Um, and one thing that we changed after COVID um, is SmileMate. That's a really yeah. quick way to get back to people. I try and get to back to people the same day. Um, so if they've sent an inquiry in, um, I have templates. So sort of you know for uh, for Invisalign, it takes less than five minutes to study the photos, tell them whether they're Invisalign full, Invisalign light, and give them sort of you know a general idea personalize it a bit obviously um, and send them back a report the same day um, sometimes within sort of you know a couple of hours um, and from then you can book in a virtual consultation or whatever sort of you know um, uh, if it's a face to face consultation I, I'm still doing virtuals uh, I just find it's easier for the patients and it's easier yeah. to sort of you know for, um, uh, for them to sort of you know uh, uh, arrange that um, so yeah that contacting the patient getting in touch with them because They'll have sent an inquiry, but most of the time, you're not going to be the only one they've sent that inquiry to. They'll usually be sending inquiries two or three places. So if someone gets back to you the same day with a personalized report saying, look, we can offer you a free consultation if you want – I know I'd probably sort of, you know, go go for that. And even if someone came back 100 pound, 200 pound cheaper, if I'm already in that process, I'm probably going to stick with that process. And unless there's something which I don't like about that process or something falls down, then I might consider someone else. But everything so, sounds good. If everything looks good, if I'm impressed by it, I'll probably stick with that person.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love what you're saying, Omar. You know, I, I speak to lots of dentists and they're worrying about, you know, there's a lot of competition and if you if you look in the marketplace you know invisalign has become a commodity if you think about it around where you are yeah. around where i am how many dentists or how many clinics are offering invisalign and what sets you apart is that creating that user experience and what i'm hearing from you is that that's what you focus very heavily on uh, and making sure you give a, give a good service to the patient is that right yeah, definitely. So um, every time that I'm thinking
1: about changes, um, I'm not thinking from my side of um, of things. Um, what I'm looking at is from the patient's point of view. Yeah. What are the what are the, you know what's their journey from the very start um, to the very end? Um, and um, this is one of the things that I'm quite particular about. Um, and it's one of the things that, you know, there's, I mean, not everyone does it the same as me. A lot of people have TCOs. One of the reasons is because I want that first experience to be with me so that I can, because I know that I can be sure that I'm going to give it sort of 100%, that yeah, so first let's, contact. Let's,
0: well, let's talk about that, Omar, because mm. I want to make sure that we, you know, unpack this, how you are doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know either you've um, heard one of my recent podcasts I did with, um, one of our uh, MySmile guy, Indy Singh. Yeah, I did yeah. And he, he became one of the quickest diamond provider in the in in the in the MySmile group. Yeah. And he's a principal, and he really explained us on his podcast how his patient journey set up as a principal, how he has a new patient coordinator, treatment coordinator, but he's he's at a different place. Mm. But you're an associate now i would really keen to understand and explain to me what is your end to end patient journey looks like so what happens once a lead hit your your clinic through dangro or through any other any other system so from there onwards what happens and how do you how the, how that whole patient journey ends
1: so whenever a lead hits, if it's through Dengro, I've never logged into Dengro. I don't really log into it. Um, so it's it's that's front of house. So front of house, but they're brilliant. I, I know I don't need to because they're on top of that with the d- daily tasks, with following up. So they will get those leads from Dengro. They will contact each lead um, and they'll ask them to do a smile mate. So they'll send them a link for the smile mate. So they, can you upload some photos and you'll get a free report uh, and some information um, so whether you're suitable, give you a rough idea of time, give you an idea of cost, etc. Um, and uh, more than ninety percent of people, they're absolutely fine with that. They send it through. Some people uh, either struggle taking the photos; they co- they sort of you know don't want to go with that. And so we still sometimes, very rarely, but do the old-fashioned way of getting them in for a consultation, okay, face to face. But more often than not, they are um, uh, just doing a SmileMate link, um, and that SmileMate link is also on our Instagram. It's on our cool. website, um, so there's a sort of you know a big thing on the um, website. Click here for your free SmileMate report. On my personal Instagram, that's linked to the Fresh Smile Clinic um, SmileMate as well. So there's lots of places where you can sort of you know find that link, and people can either upload their photos directly, or if it's through Dengro's, they'll be contacted. And once they have, then it comes to me. I'll have a look. If it's suitable, I'll send them a report. I try and do it the same day. Um, and um, once I've done that. Um, will use it. The nice thing about um, SmileMate is it actually tells you when the patient's viewed the report as well, so mm-hmm. they know that when it's been sent. So usually reception then will sort of the girls on the desk will have a look and they'll wait for um, uh, that to be viewed. Once it has been viewed, they'll contact um, the patient um and say would you like to book in for a free virtual consultation sometimes we don't even need to wait because there is a way on SmileMate where they can request a virtual consultation so we just sort of ring sort of saying right what time do you need to do um the virtual consultation i will do um usually it will be it can be um uh uh, facetime i tend to do it more over the phone because i actually think that with facetime sometimes for the patients it can be a little bit awkward video calling um and um it, it there's there's pros and cons, and I have done it both ways. But it's it's nice to, to
0: right? get them yeah. to know each other a little bit first. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it face to face can be nice because they get to, they feel like they're getting to know you a little bit more. They've got they can yeah. put sort of you know a face um, to the name. Uh, but I did find with some of them that it it was almost a distraction to the information that I was giving and sort of you know the real sort of message that we were sort of you know trying to get through as well with with the with the consultation. Um, for me, I find phone works better. I find that sort of you know just just over the phone um, uh, is for me works absolutely fine which I do, I have a chat, make sure that I sort of understand. Um, and for me, the, the biggest reason that I like to do the virtual consultations myself um, and not coordinate it because I mean, yeah, fine, there's the generic information that you're gonna give about wearing aligners, about what the process is like, about how we do it here, which uh, to be honest, I can do that now with my sort of eyes closed, doing something else because I've said it so many times. But really what I'm trying to find out is can I, Can will this patient leave here happy? Because I've looked at the teeth that's fine. I know that I can deal with that. But sometimes it's not. It's 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 you know you, you have to treat the patient, not not the teeth. And sometimes you know there's red flags, and sometimes there's things that I pick up and I think this just doesn't make sense to me, or there's something that I totally missed, um, and it's not the front teeth that the patients worried about. It's this it's this really sort of you know tricky crossbite on a molar, which I think look if that's your main concern, I don't think I, I can promise you that we can we can sort that out. Um, so. It's about figuring out exactly what they want, so that I know that at the end of it, they're going to leave happy, and I can deliver on that.
0: I think that's fantastic what you just said about uh, SmileMate. Uh, so, I uh, this is the first time ever I come across. So, while you were talking very quickly, I just had a quick sneak at your Instagram account, and you're right, it's right there at the top, and people can request uh, request an appointment right from there and right from yeah. there and then. And while looking at this. Uh, um, Omar you've got over 40,000 followers on your on your Instagram yeah. and your uh, your Instagram is very active and you're always on it you're always talking about it talk to me about what is your social strategy for your personal brand what you do for yourself and what is for your uh, for for your clinic so for the clinic
1: um there's um I think, yeah, you, you have to be on Instagram these days. There's no getting around it. it you, you need to be present and you need to be active um, on Instagram. Dan uh, pretty much takes care of that. We okay. did have someone last year doing it full time um, uh, here at the practice, um, collect, well, getting all the content, doing all the filming, um, and he was kind of our social media manager. Um, he moved on um but it, it it's it's definitely something which it's it's Dan's area he's from a marketing background um he yeah. understands it a lot better um uh, but It's we understand the importance of of being active, um, uh, getting content out there, um, uh, varying it sort of, you know, so it's not all the same every week. Um, uh, But yeah, that's it's incredibly important. Personally, um, on on my personal Instagram, um, I have a boatload of before and afters and content. I'm not very active on my own social media, Um, uh, but I think one of the reasons that I'm not is because the Fresh Spile does so well. And it all kind of funnels into the same place. So I, it's never, I've never felt compelled or a massive need that I need to grow individually. But this is where, for any associates listening, if they maybe don't have a great Instagram uh, account for the practice... This is a great way of getting your name out there, I think, and there's a lot of associates that have, um, uh, through Instagram, um, kind of uh, promoted themselves and sort of you know, um, so you you get sort of your own sort of uh, patients coming in inquiries, um, uh, from from there, um, and if you're active, I can think of a few examples, um, Invisalign related as well, um, um, around this area, uh, where they've done it incredibly well, um, uh, so. If someone's in a situation where maybe you know they 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 haven't got full support or they're finding it difficult to grow in a practice, this is why I would say use Instagram because it's you you're you're doing the work. Um, it, it's something that you've got in your own time. It doesn't cost anything, you know, if you're doing it yourself. But if you can build up your own brand on on Instagram and start getting your own patients, suddenly you know. People you know principals people will 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 you know sit up and and take notice yeah definitely
0: and you know this is where we. we that's how this discussion started you know we talked about uh, having the partnership between a principal and an associate, mm-hmm. so as you said, you know you're passionate about clinical dentistry, you're passionate about Invisalign, you're passionate about patient journey, and Dan takes care of of the of the social media bit and that's that's the most important thing right you know i yeah. I've spoken to lots of people. I have yet to come across somebody who has built social successfully by outsourcing that to somebody else. I think sure. it's got to be in-house in some way or form. And yeah. it's the whole team need to be, need to be involved in, in some shape or form. So Omar, I missed a little bit earlier when you were talking about patient journey and I wanted to touch on that. So I know mm-hmm. you have got three eye tatters. Yeah. I want to know is at what stage in the patient journey that Itarot features in your practice? So uh, for me, it will be, uh, personally,
1: it, you, a lot of the time, the first time I'm seeing these patients is on what I'd call the records appointment. So they've already now agreed, okay, we're going for Invisal. They know how much it costs. They've got finance in place. They're coming in and they're having um, a checkup, Uh, So, their oral health assessment, x-rays, scan and photos, and that's the first time they've usually come to the practice and that's when they're going to be having the scan. Elsewhere in the practice, scans are done so if there are people who kind of don't quite maybe fall into, they're not really interested in Invisalign, but they're interested in improving their smile. So, some of the dentists work a little bit differently and we do have a TCO. And we have two TCOs who will kind of work alongside each other. And sometimes they'll come in for a free consultation with the TCO and the TCO will do a scan in that sort of, you know, um, appointment. And if there is crowding, they'll discuss Invisalign. So they might not necessarily have said, I want straight teeth, but that's something that will be discussed. I'm always on hand. If the TCO needs to discuss something with me, they can discuss it. Um, uh, but we're quite aware and in the practice, it's kind of set up, like I said, Kieran does implants. Um, I do Invisalign. We have Mike who just comes in to do root canal. So there's a few people who just have their own sort of niche. Um, uh, there's, uh, Adam and Sarah who just do the, well, they, they do all, all the bonding in the practice. So we know that, okay, if this patient, and it's just what everyone is good at. Um, and so, uh, we know what to look out for. So if there is someone who goes to another dentist um, because they're looking at getting some teeth replaced, but they've also got crowding, they know enough to sort of maybe do a scan, show them that, and then send them to me for, look, if you want to do uh, straightening, do it before you have the implant, do it before we fix something in place. Um, So it's at various points. For me, it will always be usually when I first see them because by then, usually, they've kind of made up their
0: mind. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you, you shared your perspective and that makes sense. And, you know, this is where the best thing is, you know, you look at your practice, you look at your team, you look at uh, where the strengths of your team lies and you figure out your own patient journey. Yes, yes, learn from others and see what other people are doing. But then you've got to figure out what, what works uh, what works best for you really, isn't it? That's what I'm hearing for you. It's because it's unique and it's different the way you, you're doing it. But it's unique because you are doing this as, a, as as an associate in the in the business. Yeah, you've got to,
1: you've got to personalize it for yourself. So um, when I started with MySmile, there were so many things. It was a blank canvas. It was a case of look, I've not really done Invisalign before, and we've not really sort of actively thought about the patient journey from start to finish. We just do what we think is is best. Um, and it was at that point where we sat down and we did sort of really dissect and look into everything and sort of thought, well, these are things that we can improve on and very, very quickly put lots of new things in place. And since then, it's just to be a, it's just about tweaking things. And it will be from other people, maybe from my smile, and sort of picking up on something that they do and just applying it. If you think, okay, well, this is going to work well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, there's other things that some people are doing which um, I won't do. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, I, it, there's never going to be be a one-way or a recipe that fits everyone because everyone's in a different situation and a different practice. Uh, but what you can do is kind of say, okay, well, this works for me and then add little bits on or remove bits that are useless or a, a waste of time and kind of just keep evolving um, uh, and uh, sort of asking how you can keep improving that journey, which, which I do, I still do. Yeah. Um, um, what, do you
0: of, think, what do you think where my smile has really added a true value you on this journey over the last five six years
1: like i said when we started it was the the patient journey was something which was a concept but we'd never really sat down and 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 thought about um and so it was about putting it on paper um figuring out from that initial phone call from that initial inquiry all the way to sort of you know coming in what's happening how can we get this so that it's slick no one drops the ball no one, you know, no patients aren't being sort of, you know, left waiting for an answer. Everything's being followed up. Um, And there was no system in place for that. Um, So it wasn't that people weren't pulling their weight, but you need a system that people can follow um, uh, and a way to sort of, you know, do it. So um, that was the biggest change from the very start, implementing that, implementing an actual patient journey, thinking about it and getting that into place. Um, uh, and from then on in, I mean, there's there's so many things. The clear TPS, which is just a really good sort of um, not only a safety net, uh, but um, there's, there's things that I would never think of. Um, but um, um, with the planning, and this is where these guys have got a vast amount of experience. Um, uh, and I can pretty much now, I'll I'll check the plans, but I can pretty much sort of blindly sort of when once I get that plan through, knowing knowing that they've said that they're happy with it, I know that. I'm going to be happy with it usually sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, that's, uh, invaluable to me. I found that it saves a lot of time as well. You can probably get there, you know, doing it yourself. You know, if you've got experience in, in clinchecks, you can get there, but if you do enough cases, that's going to take up a lot of your time doing that. Um, yeah, so the clear TPS, the uh, patient journey, um, uh, Dengro was something that was new to us as well. What a brilliant way to manage leads and get everything. Otherwise it was just tasks on Exact, And if you know Exact, if you've got tasks and they're sort of you know, popping up on Monday morning, it's just a nightmare. If someone's away for two weeks, it, it's, you know, it, who have you set that task for? Keeping on top of things on sort of, you know, what's basically a, sort of, you know, a, a to-do list um, is, is really, really difficult. So uh, a platform like Dengro really helped. Um, But then uh, constantly evolving. So not just sort of, you know, left um, alone. Um, uh, Conferences, um, uh, uh, webinars, webinars. Speaking to different people from my smile, finding out sort of, you know, what they're doing um, and kind of thinking, well, yeah, that's a really good idea or that works really well. Um, uh, constantly sort of, you know, um, talking to at the moment Fiona, it used to be Danielle and sort of, you know, yeah. she'll always give me sort of, you know, the lowdown on sort of, you know, what's happening within the market, what's happening in the local area, so much information, so much sort of insight, um, which is really helpful. Sort of, you know, seeing where, you know, sometimes it will be a case of we've had one month where the leads are just the, the you know they're there but the quality is just rubbish of, of the yeah. leads and yeah. sometimes you'll have one where it'll be like this is really working well we're really busy and we'll figure out you know where what did we do that month let's do more of it Or we didn't do this month we focused on this area okay that doesn't seem to be working so let's stay away from that so even from a marketing point of view that sort of constant back and forth um really good
0: it's part creating a community, isn't it, where people can yeah. talk to each other and learn from each other. And, uh, you know, me having this holistic view of what everybody's doing, it's just, you know, you learn what the best practices are and uh, what's working. So, Omar, there's a uh, lots of associates out there who are thinking, yes, I love Invisalign, I want to do more Invisalign. Do you have any piece of advice for those guys? Because, you you know, you've become diamond. And those old guys are aspiring to be where you are. Is there any couple of nuggets you can you can share for those uh, those young guys who are just starting out?
1: Yeah, so I would say um one is uh build your own Instagram definitely if you're an associate build your own instagram put it out there that you do invisalign you're interested in invisalign um uh, and get that out there to the world um secondly i would say sit down with your principal and, and have that frank conversation say look i'm really interested in developing with invisalign and um, if that's something that the practice doesn't really offer that should be an extra sort of you know um revenue stream for the practice so it should be welcomed most people would in theory if their business and their practice is going to grow should welcome that uh, but it's about sort of having that conversation, sitting down say, look, I really want to grow with Invisalign. Um, uh, so I'm uh, coming up with some kind of plan um, uh, together with the principal and saying, okay, this is what we need to do uh, because there will be marketing that you need. Yeah. Um, there will be sort of, you know, um, time in the diary that you need. So uh, reception will need to be sort of, you know, trained up on it. So there are things from the practice side of you that will, that you, you need the principal and management on board for it. Um, uh, and, yeah, the, the, you'd need to do that and then just get started. And it's, you know, to the point where I think that now, if I was in a position where I wasn't fortunate enough to be in a practice, which is so supported and, and I can just do what I want, as an associate, so let's say if I didn't want to sort of, you know, be I mean, some people would say, you know, owning practice, fantastic investment, you can grow. But it can be also a burden as well, especially early on. It takes a lot of time, um, a lot of stress. If someone isn't quite ready to take that step, um, I would personally, if I had sort of, you know, an Instagram that was, you know, growing, that was fairly strong, if I was in Invisalign, I would be maybe even contacting sort of, you know, different practices, seeing if you could offer Invisalign at their practices and buy your own iTero. If you're really serious about it, Get a an a, um, a, an itero um, that's portable without a stand, and you can go around to different practices. Um, you've got that itero, and you are an invisalign business on wheels, basically. Um, yes. and, and and you can you can do that, and you can run that through your Instagram. Um, that's definitely something which is is possible in this day and age.
0: I think that's very that's very helpful. Um, it seems like I can talk to you about Invisalign rest of the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> seems like you're so passionate about this thing. Yeah. So where is this where is this passion comes from, my friend? Who has inspired you in dentistry or in life or where this inspiration has come from? So I think. I would
1: say that this goes back to um, uh, inspiration in in dentistry, I think, what sort of, you know, made me passionate about dentistry. And because after university, like I said, I was done with exams. I didn't like them. I didn't <laughs> like the studying, the exams. I just wanted to treat patients. Yeah. And I'd say th- the, the the person who kind of ignited my passion for dentistry, who, knew, who sort of to want to learn more and to kind of excel, um, was um, a, a, a dentist who I worked with um, in my first associate position, um, Dr. Wellington, Richard Wellington, um, and he was sort of, you know, more towards the later end of his career. He's still working. Um, uh, He had a vast amount of experience, um, not just in dentistry, but just in life. He traveled around the world, teach dentistry around the world, South Africa, America, uh, in the Middle East. um, And uh, he just had great stories he'd he'd had sort of you know he'd done a master's from the eastman so he was my go-to uh, anything clinical anything in life um and and he was he was really kind of like a, a mentor i w- i would say um yeah. uh, and i would say that he is definitely my inspiration
0: first of all it's really nice for you to say that because you know sometimes people move on and they don't remember who who helped them when when they had nothing and secondly you know I have heard this so many times. Your first job, your first mentor, your first principal, those people really help you to mold, mold where you're going to end up. And I think, you know, your your story resonates uh, resonate with that. And, you know, one day we'll sit down and talk about it. And I had exactly the same story, you know. Yeah. I worked with this guy and uh, he was all about running a real successful dental business. And... Uh, Loved spending time with him and learned, uh, learned lots of stuff from him. So just just to close uh, close on this, uh, Omar, is this amazing discussion. Just a couple of things, you know, You s- imagine you're stuck, stuck on a desert island. Who would you like your companion to be? I know your family will be there, but other than compa- other than your family, who would you like to be there with you?
1: Yeah, if I didn't say my wife, I'd be in trouble. But if we're oh, excluding... I
0: always cover that. <laughs> <laughs> I always cover that to make sure that we don't get this <laughs> to be
1: you know, when someone, when someone always asks about being stuck on a desert island, immediately I sort of think, well, what's the situation here? Am I in danger? Am I going to get off this island? So, it's like, <laughs> if I'm talking about survival, then it would be someone like Bear Grylls. Get, you know, I need to eat, I need to drink, and I need to find a way of getting out, uh, off this island. But... Um, if it's more, look, we know help is on the way. We're just going to enjoy our time here. You know, as someone who I'd really like to pass the time with and have a conversation is Imran Khan. Oh, okay. Is that so, a, I, yeah. Cricketer. Well, cricketer, now prime minister or wow. ex-prime wow. minister of my son. So it was kind of, it, it just... I grew up watching cricket and loving cricket, um, yeah. and I remember sort of, you know, when he sort of, you know, uh, 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 led Pakistan to winning the two World Cup and 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 all of that when they were underdogs, um, uh, and uh, watching him play. Um, and then watching him get into politics and sort of you know the job that he's done, and I don't don't really follow politics, but just knowing enough that you know to stand up against some of the sort of you know the things and corruption and um, that that he's had to do, I just think he'd have some fascinating stories to tell. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that would be a really interesting chap. So I'd, I'd pick yeah, well, him.
0: I remember you used to watch him playing, and he was like a terrible baller, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to face him. I don't know much about politics, but as a cricketer, I have a lot of respect for him. He's a yeah. great guy. Yeah. And finally, you know, you seems like you know you know what you're doing, and you're always learning. What's the one of the best book you have ever read, which you could uh, share with our listeners? here?
1: It's a really good book called uh, "Mastering Your Invisalign Business." I don't know if you've ever heard of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. you're such a charming, aren't you? <laughs>
1: But no, look, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's countless um, uh, books which can help you sort of, you know, grow, expand from sort of, you know, how to win friends, influence people, rich dad, yeah. poor dad. Yeah. Um, all of these are great, but actually, you know what, if I was stuck on a desert island, um, I'd choose Harry Potter. I'd choose Harry, Harry Potter oh, as yeah. my book because I've never read that, but I've always been intrigued because from my niece who's eight to, yeah. I remember when I was... <laughs> getting on the tube to to go to uni there would be people sort of you know going towards canary wharf working in the city in their suits and they'd be reading harry potter and there were so many and I like, this seems to attract yeah. people from all sorts of age ranges and I'm like there must be something about this book I, i've I've never read it but yeah it it, it must be good if everyone well, like I I'm, I'm on the same page i've never
0: read it but you've got to get out of your comfort zone and uh <laughs> Read and listen to different things if you want to grow more, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. Omar, it's been fantastic, man. Thank you very much. I said, I've you know, enjoyed it. if I had more time, I could sit there and talk to you about Invisalign for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, But really appreciate your time, buddy. And uh, You're welcome. thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mastering Your Invisalign Business. For more inspiration and to find out how you can build your business with Invisalign, visit drsandeepkumar.co.uk.